This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. That is Raiders HQ. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Demon Cotton. He's in the home studios making everything go. We definitely appreciate his efforts, as always. And I am here, live again at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Love to be here on a Tuesday. Wasn't able to be here last week. Had a little bit of R&R, a little downtime here at the at the headquarters just for the holidays. And, you know, hey, everyone deserves some holiday time off. But being back here in the studios, uh, the fine studios that they have here at HQ is always a lot of fun for me. So glad to be with you for the next couple hours. Then we'll pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. Lincoln Kennedy will join them throughout the course of the show as well. But we are here for you for the next couple hours. Of course, we're going to definitely uh, – Start to not really turn the corner today. This will kind of be the last day that we look back at Week 12 as it's officially in the books after Seattle and Washington tangled together on Monday Night Football, a game that actually, in my opinion, was kind of boring. But it was exciting at the end because there was a lot of drama at the end. Uh, Obviously, Russell Wilson is a guy who looks like he's very much still banged up, not really playing like himself. The Washington football team comes away with a victory and now are winners of three straight. So we'll kind of look back, like I said, finish off talking about Week 12 today, and then officially tomorrow we'll turn the page on to Week 13 and the Washington football team who's going to be headed to Allegiant Stadium. We'll get a preview of that game coming up on tomorrow's show as well with some more fantastic guests that we have like we do each and every day. But, again, we have this day first, so uh, we're going to get into it. We're going to do a deep dive, and we're going to have callers and texters, as we always do. Want to hear from you at 702-365-9200, and then the Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up on today's show at 2.30, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She joins us each and every week. Uh, as I mentioned, we'll look back at the Thanksgiving Day victory, look back at what the Raiders were able to do, what Derek Carr was able to do offensively, the run game, how it was able to get cooking, and how the team could continue to move forward and play at the level that they played on Thanksgiving, most likely without Connor Waller this upcoming Sunday as he's uh, dealing with that knee injury and looks like he's going to be out for a couple weeks, at least a week, but maybe potentially a couple weeks. So how could they continue to move forward uh, and, and be very strong offensively without the big tight end uh, out there? I know Foster Moreau is going to have a major role and there's going to be other guys that are going to have to step up as well, but not having that threat of Darren Waller out there is going to be uh, something. It's going to be something to see how the Raiders are able to overcome that, uh, that, that guy being out because he is so important to the Raiders offense. So Cassie Soto will join us at 2.30. Coming up at 3 o'clock, we'll have John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. He joins us each and every Tuesday, uh, talk all things NFL. We'll go around the league. We'll talk about the fact that tomorrow is December 1st, and the AFC is still up in the air. Nobody has any kind of clue of what's going to go on in the AFC. There's only a couple games that separate the number one seed that's currently the Baltimore Ravens and even the number 10 seed. I mean, there's literally only a couple games that separate those many teams, which is crazy to think when it comes down to December. And that's what we're looking at starting tomorrow. That'll be December 1st. I don't think that there's been a, a season where that has been the case in a very, very long time. And I really couldn't remember 
when it happens. So John McClain, who's been covering the league a lot longer than I have, uh, he might have a good idea, but I don't have a clue. I know it's been a very long time when it's December, and we don't really know what's going on. We don't know who the best team in the AFC is. Now, we think we have a clue. We think that Kansas City is getting cooking. We see Baltimore sitting there at the number one spot, but they didn't look very good the other night or the other day. I mean, it's just there's so many question marks to be had. Buffalo, they're hot and cold. Tennessee starting to show uh, you know, their struggles without Derrick Henry. Yeah, they caught lightning in a bottle for a couple, couple games post-Derrick Henry, but not having that dude is major. I mean, I don't care how you want to shape it up. I don't care how you want to dress it up. That is major, not having that guy out there. He is such an important factor in the success of that team. So there's so many teams that have so many questions. Even a team that's sitting behind the Raiders right now in the Cleveland Browns. Who are they? They have a really good run game. Their quarterback is banged up. He looks like he's doing more damage out there than good. But that's a team that the Raiders have to play coming up pretty soon. They also got to play the Denver Broncos, who I don't know what team they are. I saw the Raiders wax them in Denver post-Gruden, and I thought, okay, they're done. I saw them trade away one of their best players in Vaughn Miller, thought they were waving the white flag, and all they've done is, well, knock off a couple teams that I thought were really good teams, one in the Dallas Cowboys, another one last week in the Chargers. They have a big game coming up this Sunday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, there's just so much, so much uncertainty about what's going on. I mentioned it multiple times, but we literally could be talking on Monday about a four-way tie in the AFC West in December. Where do they do that at? When do they do that? It's unbelievable. So uh, we'll see how this week goes. Obviously, week 13, there's going to be a lot to to, to look forward to and a lot of action, including the Raiders and the Washington football team at Allegiant Stadium. And really, before I even go any further, the Raiders need to start establishing their home field. And before you start yelling and screaming about fans being there that aren't Raider fans, I'm talking about winning at home. They have got to start making that a habit, winning games at home. You want to get your fan base, and you want to make sure your fan base isn't selling their tickets? Ah, nah, I'm not going to make the trip to Vegas to go to this game. I'll just sell my tickets. I can't blame anybody for selling the tickets and then them not selling it to a Raider fan. Uh, Like, I I respect everyone who says, well, I got these tickets, I want to sell them, but I really prefer to sell them to someone who's a Raider fan. Look, at the end of the day, man, if you're trying to sell something, you're going to sell it. I mean, if you can't go, you're not, I mean, are you expected to eat those tickets? I wouldn't. I'll tell you that right now. I wouldn't eat the tickets. If I'm trying to sell some tickets, yeah, I prefer to get them to a Raider fan. But if nobody approaches me about it, then, hey, I'm selling it to whoever's buying it. It's called business. <laughs> That's called business. But the team in general, man, they need to start holding up their end of the bargain. Raider Nation is there. When I'm there every game at home, I hear them on third and long screaming. I hear them when the... The starting lineups are announced when Derek Carr is running through the, through the players, through the tunnel of players, when Max Crosby is running down looking like the Condor. The fans are yelling and screaming. When I'm doing the pre-pre-show, like I'll be doing this, uh, this Sunday, about 10 a.m. on the Coors Light Landing, the fans are walking by. The fans are yelling, Raiders! I mean, the fans are doing their job. The team's got to step up and do their job and start winning at home. You look at the history of Allegiant Stadium, there's more losses at home than there are wins. That happened last year, and it's happening this year. They've got to start making it a habit of winning games at home. they just got to come out with a, an extra edge. Now, give them credit for going on the road and winning games, too. I do give them a lot of credit for that. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. But they've got to start being, it's got to be habit-forming, winning games 
at Allegiant Stadium. So John McClain will join us coming up at 3 o'clock. So those are the two guests that we have coming up on the show. As I mentioned, tomorrow we'll uh, get a preview of the Washington football team. We'll turn our attention uh, squarely on Week 13. I do have a show question that I like to bring to the table, as I do each and every day. And, of course, you can hit us up throughout the course of the show at 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line and the Sam and Ash text line. is always wide open, like some old-school TV antenna, 69187, keyword R&R. And the biggest the question I have for you today after watching Monday Night Football, Seattle and Washington, and them coming away with the victory, and again, this is not a preview for Sunday's game, what is your biggest concern with the Raiders this Sunday as they prepare to take on the Washington football team? They're winners of three straight, talking about Washington. So what is your biggest concern for the Raiders? When you look at this game and you look at this team, knowing they're coming off that that game on Thanksgiving, they have a little bit extra time to kind of lick their wounds and get, get healthy. It's not a bye week. But it's a couple extra days since they played on Thursday and they won't play again until Sunday. That's nice. What is your biggest concern with this team as they head into this game on Sunday? Again, 702-365-9200, Raider Nation listener line, Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. And, I know we have a couple callers lined up. Uh, Dane, let's go ahead and start things off with Dane. What's on your mind, my man? Fellas, how you doing? Chilling, man, chilling. Yeah, my biggest concern going to the Washington football team is the defensive line, man. You know, uh, the offensive line has had its struggles for the, you know, throughout the season uh, for the Raiders. And, the, you know, the defensive line, even without Chase Young, can still bring it. You know, they were, they were not many uh, defensive lines can hold Russell Wilson to five straight three and outs, even if he's not that healthy. Um, one thing that I don't hear a lot of people talking about that might hurt Washington is the, is the injury to their kicker. You know, they had to sign someone today off the Bears practice squad. That's a yep. big deal. Yep. You know, if uh, – I'll let you get in all that. One favor for you, could he, or from you, Q, because I know you have strings at Legion Stadium. You were just talking about getting fans out there and getting them riled up. Can we please, and I've been to every home game, I'm going to be in the Washington game. Can we please tell whoever controls the video board not to show highlights of other AFC West teams doing their thing? Last, last game against the Bengals, it's a TV timeout, and they start showing Chiefs highlights. Travis Kelsey scoring touchdown. They're whooping up on the Cowboys. I'm looking around saying, wait a minute, do they know what conference we're in? How are they showing Chiefs highlights right now on the big screen? You know what I mean? Right. So get, the, get DeMond out there, get someone out there who knows what's up, knows what conference we're in, because the Legion Stadium should never, ever be showing AFC West highlights unless they're getting their butt whooped. That's it. All <laughs> right, guys. Hope you have a good one. Thanks for the call, Dan. Appreciate you. Dane wants to see the uh, he wants to see the highlights of of the team losing. He wants to see the Kansas City highlights when they're losing. He wants to see the Denver highlights when they're losing. He wants to hear the roar of the crowd when you look up and you see the Chargers taking a big L. That's what Dane wants to see right there. I'm not mad at that at all. And I think that they're probably still working the kinks out, my man. I mean, this is again we got to remember this is the first season with fans in the stands, and so there's going to be some you know bumps and bruises as everything is. There's always bumps and bruises along the way, and I think that they're going to be working those things out but I could appreciate that and uh, you talked about concerns and the that that Washington football team their defensive line they they're I mean that's real deal that is real deal and they sure did give uh, Russell Wilson fits all night long didn't they uh, a reason why I really stayed locked in and watched that whole game uh, most of the time I'd kind of have it on in the background while I'm doing some other things but I was locked in on that game I just want to see how it shakes out and I'll say this about the Washington football team that Taylor Heineke man I don't think he's you know all pro type quarterback but I'll tell you what, that dude's got a little something-something in his neck, man. I, I, he's got something where he just he's not expected to be good. His, his expectations aren't that high. 
So he's out there like, hell, I'm going to go for it. You know, he's going to go stones to the wall. He's not worried about it. Worst case scenario, someone says, oh, he's not that good. Well, he ain't expected to be good anyway. So he's going to go out there and give it everything he's got. And I'll tell you, man, uh, Max Crosby, Unique Ngakwe, those guys are going to have their work cut out for him, getting him to the ground. How many times did it look like Seattle was going to take him to the ground? Now I'll say this, Seattle's defense is not very good. I think the Raiders' defense is actually a lot better than Seattle's. But there was multiple times where it looked like they had him in the grasp when they were about to get him to the ground, and he pulled a Harry Houdini and was out of there. He actually looked like Russell Wilson at times, more than Russell Wilson looked at times. So uh, he's not going to be the easiest guy to go up against. He's Like I said, he's got a little something-something. He's got a little gamer to him that I could appreciate. I mean, he's not the most talented dude. He's probably not the most athletic dude. Those dudes that just don't give a blank, and he's just going to go out there and he's going to do what he has to do and try to give his his team the best chance they can to win. Matter of fact, the the the, the week, and I don't remember what game it was, but it was the very first game that he played in is the game that he actually earned the team's respect and they lost. But he was out there and he left it all on the field. And I remember Chase Young went and kind of highlighted his the back of his jersey and was like, "Yeah, that's our guy." They rallied behind that dude week one, and that was a loss. So I do think that. Uh, I do think that he's going to be a tough dude uh, to battle. Let's go back out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Our guy, Passionate Raider, what's on your mind, my man? What's up, Cuba? Man, that's a good call, David. I, that, that's what I've been thinking about all day long, man, that defensive line. But I, I found something else as I've been going back through to watching is I've seen a lot of teams knowing, like, like, like old boys said at the beginning of the year, once you rattled Derek, he shook for the game. So I feel Derek's game needs to improve. This is what scares me with this Washington team. He needs to learn how to how to find that 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 soft spot when he's getting that pressure. Because a lot of teams, when they pressure Derek, they know they can get to him before he can get his read downfield. So what are the other defenses doing? They're taking away his they're they're, they're taking away his his um his checkdown. They're guarding that checkdown. And go back and look and tell me if I'm wrong. Derek's worst games are when he can't get downfield and he can't hit that checkdown. Teams take that check down away from Derek, he's done. So Derek is this game after watching Washington again last night, this game is no slouch. And we really shouldn't be in this position. I mean, we shouldn't have lost to the couple teams we lost to to put ourselves in this position. So so this again falls back on coaching or quarterback play. I, that that's a question I have. Who who do we put the blame on? Quarterback or coaching? Do we I mean, then you got Jack Del Rio coming back with the vengeance against Derek because <laughs> Was it was it was it Jack Del Rio's fault the way Derek is, or is it just Derek Carr? I mean, that that's an option. That's a that's a uh, that's a conversation I like to look at, but never to cause division, but to really think about it. who can we go back to blame for these eight years for where our quarterback is still at? Because I mean, I mean, you need to come out and put their points on the board at the end of that second, the beginning of that third quarter, that Dallas game. I mean, if they had Amari and Lamb, are we winning that game on Thursday? Yeah, but we could do ifs and buts all the time. You know what I mean? We could do that. You, you play with who's know, out there. But my biggest my biggest concern this week is, is Derek going to be able to find that happy medium when they take those two things away? Because that defense is coming. There, there's no stopping that defense coming. So it, it, it's going to have to be maybe shorter routes. And is that where Derek struggles, when they have to shorten the routes up to where they can't get long because of the pass pressure? That's just something I've been seeing and wondering. I mean, Try to see if you can find something out for us, man. Thanks for the thanks for the call, man. Have a great night. Thank you, my man. Appreciate your passionate Raider right there. And uh, I mean, there, look, there's all kind of parts of the game that you can dissect, and there's plenty of parts of the game that I could dissect and say that the Raiders need to do better. And I have. 
And I think that uh, Rich Basaccia did a good job yesterday pointing that out as well, saying there's still a lot of areas that we need to clean up. We just we just got a victory. You know what I mean? So uh, I do believe if the Raiders go out there and they have that mentality of trying to push the ball down the field, Washington's defense, you're right, is no joke. Their defense has been no joke all season long. I mean, the last three games, they've held their, the opponents to, what, 17, 19, and 21 points? You know what I mean? I mean, they're, they're doing really good. Now, there's about four games. There's about a handful of games so far this season where they've given up 30-plus points. If the Raiders could hit that 30-plus point mark, I feel really good because I don't think Washington's offense can do that. But it's going to be hard to do that with that defense. But I, I think that the Raiders have the goods to get it done. Uh, I, I don't like to put everything squarely on the on the shoulders of Derek Carr, but I get it. He's the quarterback. He's going to get it. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to put Jack Del Rio and blame him for eight years of you know not success uh, for DC because he was only there for a few years. You know, and, and I do think part of the the reason why the 17 season wasn't very good is because he went and got rid of people that he felt a little threatened by. Uh, I was never really a huge fan of Jack Del Rio. Uh, I started to like him a little bit when he started rolling the dice and the team started having some success, but it was never it was never one of those, man, I'm so glad that they got Jack Del Rio as the head coach. It was never that for me, but we'll see what happens. I, I will say this, and I saw it on Twitter earlier, that, uh, and I forgot who sent it. I apologize. This game should be personal. This game should be personal for the Raiders. They should really take this one personal knowing everything that has ha- taken place this year surrounding the Washington football team that has affected them directly. And when I say them, I mean the Raiders directly. They should take this game personal. Go into this game with a chip on your shoulder. Go in there a little chippy. Now, you got to have control rage. Don't go out there and act crazy and get a bunch of 15-yard penalties. Have some control rage, but go in there with a chip on your shoulder. Understand that you lost your head coach because of the team coming into your home on Sunday. I'm not saying that the head coach didn't do anything wrong, but I'm saying if it wasn't for the Washington football team being investigated, he'd still be on the sidelines, whether you like it or not. So they need to take this game, and they need to take it really personal. Uh, caller earlier mentioned the Washington football team. They placed their kicker on IR. That's Joey Sly. He has a hamstring injury. They signed Brian Johnson off the Bears practice squad. That is a big deal. That is a big deal, man. When your kicker's out, and look, Trent Sieg, the long snapper for the Raiders, he's on the COVID-19 list. He's got to get two uh, negative tests uh, 24 hours apart to be able to be uh, activated for the game on Sunday. So hopefully he's able to do that because that's a big deal as well. Special teams could end up winning this game because this is going to be a dog fight. There ain't nothing easy about this game. My opinion, going to be a dog fight. Let's go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Talk to our guy Aaron right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, my man? Appreciate the call. Yo, what's up, my man? Chilling, man, chilling. Hey, uh, you and passing the Raider, y'all pretty much uh, touched on everything I was going to speak about uh, as far as this game this week. Um, I'm not worried, but I am kind of worried at the same time. I don't know if that makes it, if, if that makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> We need to come out and just play like we played against Dallas, and I think we'll be fine. Okay. Um, I'm going to give the Raiders another chance. Uh, my neighbor's got a 62 in poly. He wants to sell me. Instead of giving him the down payment, I'm going to go to the game this Sunday. <laughs> so uh, so I'm, I'm going to give my boys one more shot at it. <laughs> right. I appreciate that. But How's yeah, that car looking? How's that car looking, though? I mean, what, what about that car? Uh, I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. It's all original. Uh, I'll, send, I'll send you a picture of it through your, uh, through your uh, DM. Yeah, man. Yeah, shoot me a picture, man. I ain't never been one to drive an Impala, but you know what? There's, hey, there's a first for everything, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I want to give them the money for it, but I want to go see this Raider game at the same time. So I'm kind of like torn in between, but I think I'm going to roll the dice and go with my Raiders. There so you go. I'll, hey, I'll, sounds good. I'll be there good. Sunday. I'll be at the bottom of the torch uh, right there at the little uh, uh, 
area where they serve the drinks and stuff, I'll be yeah. right there on Sunday. Okay, well, come on by and holler at your boy, man. I'll be there for the pre-pre-show at 10 o'clock. That'll be starting. Yes, so come on yes, by and holler. Yes, All sir. Right. Will do. All right, have a good one. Demond, <laughs> later, bro. <laughs> there he goes. Aaron right here in Vegas. Appreciate you. And, yeah, man, I ain't never drove no Impala, but I can get my ice cube on. I can roll up one Sunday and say today was a good day. You know what I'm saying? Sounds good to me. You can always turn over another leaf. I know my folks in L.A. won't have no problem with that. Let's real quick go out to uh, Rossi calling in from Australia. What's on your mind, Rossi? Welcome to the show. Thanks, my man. How are you? How you doing? I'm good. I'm looking forward to coming out to, to this game. Finally, uh, Australia has let me out of uh, the borders. So I'm, I'm looking forward to heading town and, and enjoying this game. Right, right, no doubt about it. What's your biggest concern for the game? My biggest concern is Logan Thomas just going at it with uh, Johnny Abraham again. Uh, I, I just Logan Thomas is a poor man's uh, Kelsey, but he's got some skills. And just based on uh, being personal, um, I, I just see that uh, Del Rio and, and those guys, they're, they're just going to target these uh, our, our players that have been inconsistent through the year. And talking of personal, yeah, Derek Carr needs to take this game personally as well because four years ago, this was a game where there was always that talk about the offensive line giving up on him. Um, so he's got to go out there and uh, and command that line, uh, use their strengths, which is their defensive line, uh, and provide it as a weakness and draw up some screens and some draws and let them suddenly uh, play on the back foot. Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you for the call, my man. And, yeah, man, that, that O-line's going to have to really uh, step their game up, and uh, the play calling's going to have to be creative. I'd like to see some screens executed correctly. Uh, you know, there was one play that happened on Thursday to Zay Jones that I thought Zay was going to pick up a bunch of yards, and I, th- I think he tripped over his blocker's foot or something. He went down for a one-yard gain or maybe even a one-yard loss. But uh, the play was set up. It was there to be had, and then it was just bad execution. And how many times have we heard Rich Basaccia talk about bad execution? So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a good call, my man, and uh, we look forward to seeing you at Allegiant Stadium. we got one more call, and then we'll take a break to get to Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, let's go to Hawaii. Let's go to the other island. Let's talk to Dustin in Hawaii. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, Q? How you doing, my brother? I'm blessed. How you doing? I'm blessed as well, man. i got to say, the one thing we got to do is stop those two epic running backs they have. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like McKissick and... And uh, what's the other guy's name? I can't even think of it right now. Gibson. They are so good. Our interior line needs to step up. Mm-hmm. I feel like our linebacking core needs to step up. I think in the secondary, we got these guys. Honestly, uh, we just have to stop the run. Yep. Derek Carr, what is it, 6-0, 300 yards plus? Let's just yep. air attack it out, and we'll get it done. That's all I got to say about that. Hey, great, great call, and you're right. Thank you so much, and thank you so, uh, thank you for the call. But yeah, you're right. Uh, stopping the run is going to be huge. That is going to be huge. Just like stopping the run against the Cowboys was huge. I mean, they stopped the Cowboys and held them to 64 yards. So whoever texted in yesterday and said, "I want to shout out to uh, Big Hank." Uh, it, this could be another game that's very uh, critical for Big Hank to step up and play really well because those running backs can get it. And they go up the gut, they hit the outsides, but they, they want to they wanna run that rock. You know, it's funny, I was watching the game last night, and all I could think of is exactly what 
the Raiders basically do offensively. I mean, the Washington football team looks very similar to the Raiders' offense while Gruden was still the head coach calling the plays. Just wants to run the ball and wants the quarterback to take what the defense is going to give them. They don't mind a long drive. They don't mind playing keep away for a while. They don't mind doing that. That's that's exactly what I was thinking of when I was watching that game. So, uh, yeah, man, that's stopping the run is going to be huge. 224 is the time. Before we actually uh, take a quick break, I did want to address one text from Cali Radio, Cali Rado Raider. Maybe it's meant radio. I'm not sure. Uh, and it's 69187, keyword R&R, and it says, everyone's responsible for their own actions, and the story still got love for you, Q. And I'm assuming that they're talking about when I said to be take the game personal because the Washington football team was under investigation, and ultimately what happened was the head coach of your football team ends up resigning. And you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and I've made this perfectly clear a million times. He is responsible for what he did. I'm not excusing that at all. I'm just saying that if – Someone across the country is under investigation and someone over on the other side of the country ends up getting, getting you know, the, the blunt end of it and, and they're the, not victim, but they end up receiving really the only punishment. There's something weird about that. There's something funny about that. I think everyone can agree with that. Not saying what he did was correct. He, was, he deserved everything he got. No doubt about that. Let, let's not get that twisted at all. But as the Raiders team, they should still take it personal. Because it was not them that was under investigation. It was another team. So, yes, everyone's responsible for their own actions. No doubt. Let's not put words in my mouth. I've said this a bazillion times since the man resigned. I'm just saying this is the team that was under investigation. They're coming into your house on Sunday, a game that really matters for you. You need to take that game personal. Just saying. <laughs> if you got any, any kind of anything to you, if you got any kind of, you know, like I said, something in your neck, you got a little edge to you, you would take this game personal. That's all I'm trying to say. Not trying to make an excuse for anybody or anyone's actions. Never going to hear me do that ever on this show. 226 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. We'll talk to her about the win on Thursday and what her th- concerns are for this game coming up on Sunday. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. But it will be more than likely if they do lose this game here. Okay. Hey, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Can't be fooled again. Is that how it goes? Something like that. <laughs> That's how George Bush said it. That's who you quoted? Yeah. That's who you quoted? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Out of every great quote in, yep. that you could have came up with, you decided to go with the former president. Yep. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once. Shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 2.31 is the time. We're live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. That is Raiders HQ. Unnecessary Roughness in your ear hole. Damon Cotton, he's in the home studios making everything go. And I am here in the studio uh, at Raiders HQ having a good time. Appreciate all the feedback that we received in the first segment, all the calls that we received. And we'll get more calls and texts coming up. Plus, we have John McClain from the Houston Chronicle coming up at the top of the hour. But right now, I'd like to go out to the phone lines and welcome in our good friend Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Does a fantastic job with that and uh, Cassie we appreciate your time as always and before we get into some Raider action I gotta ask how things are going how's the the wedding venue search going and and was Thanksgiving fun 
Man, I thought I'd get a, get one episode at least in without us having to uh, to discuss this and the prices. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. dang! <laughs> you know what? It's it is what it is. Actually, uh, he the fiance just ordered his like groomsman's gift, so I guess oh. it's happening. Okay. So yeah, so he did that, and now well, that means I have to do mine, and it's just it's just so it's why is it so much money? Like what? I tried to tell you. Oh, it's so much money and so much time, but I don't know. I I mean, I told him I'll elope with him. Let's go right now. Well, hit the chapel. Not the Elvis one because that one's a little tacky, but a a different one, you know? And just invite all the close family and friends and then just throw like a huge party. That's that's all I need. That's all I need. Exactly, exactly. But hey, you know, he's he's already making plans, so it sounds like he's pretty amped up for it. So that should be exciting. I think that that's cool. I'll tell you this. I didn't do anything until maybe like the last two weeks before uh, I was set to get married. I did nothing. Like I did oh nothing my for myself. I didn't go get fitted. I didn't get my groomsmen fitted. I didn't even know what color I was wearing. I wasn't worried until there was like two weeks left because I was making sure that this was really going to be a go. <laughs> you had your two your two minute warning. You're like, all right, man, it's it's go time. Let's go. We got to right. get it now. <laughs> exactly. I got to step my game up. So oh, there man. you go. <laughs> but anyway, I just had to check in and just see how things are going. You know, I know that it's a it's not easy, but you got some time. That's the other good thing. You got some time. When you're playing in 2023, right? 2023. Yeah, because 2021 is over like tomorrow. So yeah, it'll it'll come up quick. But yeah, 2023 is what we're shooting for. There you go. There you go. Well, I do. Uh, I, I do appreciate you, and I and I know that you guys are going to have a great time. You guys will work it out. You'll make it happen. Thank you. Trust me. <laughs> We're talking right now with Cassie Soto, and I, I wanted to get into that Thanksgiving game. I wanted to get your thoughts on. It. I know you didn't travel to Dallas, but I know you were paying attention to the game. Uh, the Raiders get the victory over the Cowboys and snap their three-game winning streak. I wanted to ask you about the offense in particular, how they came out really on fire, uh, stretched the field, the ball down the field, got Deshaun Jackson involved. Just what did you, what was your overall thoughts on the game? Yeah, I, I jokingly tweeted out like, oh, yeah, so that's what that guy can do. You know, when looking at Deshaun Jackson and that huge um, touchdown from him, the opening touchdown coming from him, and I feel like that sort of sparked everything. Like, I feel like the Raiders are the kind of team where if they get off on the right foot and they have that spark and they have that light right away, it will carry on the rest of the game. And that's exactly what we saw. I feel like this is one of the more well-rounded performances that we've seen from this team in a really long time. The offense was cooking. The defense was getting after it. Um, Yannick Ngakwe obviously coming up with a big sack. And I feel like it all started with Deshaun Jackson and Derek Carr connecting with Deshaun Jackson, I think. And it wasn't. It was in the third quarter, obviously. So the game had already been been up and going. But I'm sure the guys on the sideline and even the guys on the field seeing Derek Carr get his his motor going and and make was a twenty twenty one yard run. Right. I feel like that even encouraged them. Like, all right, like if Carr's cooking, like we're all going. Carr has said it before. It starts and ends with me. And if he's willing to make those kinds of runs, like he's leading his team in the right direction. And and they got the dub on Thursday. Yeah, no, they really did, and that was an impressive run, and I, I like the fire that came from him after the run. You know, he kind of did the <laughs> fist bump, and, you know, he, he showed that he was pretty fired up about that. And, you know, the thing about it, Cassie, is they've they've really just played with their food. They've fumbled away multiple opportunities so far this season. But right now, after that win, I mean, they're there at 6-5, and five, and there's so much right there in front of them. They still have so many different opportunities. I don't even want to talk about, you know, playoffs until they, they go on a winning streak, and if they win this week against uh, Washington, then maybe we'll start talking about it. 
but can you believe that we're sitting here just about December and nothing has been decided in the AFC West? No, it's crazy. It is so crazy. It's just, I mean, it's like the Raiders game. Like, oh, you think they're coming away with it? They had the lead the entire time. Oh, my God, now we're in overtime. Like, it is every minute, right? Every minute, every weekend, there's something crazy happening. Teams are beating teams that they shouldn't have. Teams are losing to teams that they shouldn't have. And the same thing with the Raiders being able to pull off this win. I will fully admit, and I think I came on here last week, and I was not super confident that they were going to win this game. And I think it was a game that they absolutely needed to win because if you go down four games in a row, right. like how do you bounce back from that? And now they don't have to think about that. Now they have this win. To, and, and I know, like, seeing Daniel Carlson eat that turkey leg after the game, you know, <laughs> like they could enjoy their Thanksgiving as a, as a family on the field and then enjoy the Thanksgiving with their families once they came back into town. I'm sure it was, it was late for them. But regardless, like they have this win under their belt. And maybe it was kind of like a burden off of their back. Like, oh, man, like we needed that. Like, great. Like, there's a win. Let's go get another one. Instead of, again, thinking about, man, there's another loss. Like, there goes the season, right? Right. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. And, and I kind of felt after the third loss in a row, after they lost to Cincinnati, I thought, OK, well, that's really a wrap on what they got going on. Now it's just, hey, get a W here and get a W there and, and get out of the season and call it a day. I thought it was done. I really did. I, I was ready to put 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 uh, dirt on them. But uh, here we are. <laughs> you know, so yeah, exactly. there's exactly. so much. Go ahead. And, yeah. And I think and I think it does say a lot about this team, too, like we've heard them preach over and over again that this team is different, that there's something different about these players and the relationship in this locker room. And obviously all the turmoil that they've gone through off the field to be able to now end that, that three game losing streak to get this win in a very meaningful win for this team. Like I think it just again shows the resiliency that they have if they allow themselves to have it. Right, absolutely, and, and that's just what they've got to do, and they've got to go out there, and they've got to show that hunger and that aggressiveness, and they've got to do it the rest of the season. Now, my question is, is what you saw from the offense and Derek Carr and Deshaun Jackson and even the run game get cooking a little bit on Thursday, is that sustainable? Can they carry that over to the next week, especially probably not going to have Darren Waller this week, might not have him yep. the following week, but, but do you think that their, their, uh, the, their effort and their, their sense of urgency, that is sustainable? Yeah, I mean, I meant, I meant to check back and look, but when was the last time, yeah, Derek Carr ran, ran the ball like that? Right. I don't know. I don't know. I can't even, off the top of my head, I can't tell you the last time we've seen him run for 20-plus yards. I think it was like the third and 11, right? So he secured that first down for the team yep. um, to make that run. And so I don't know if it was sustainable. I don't know if this was like the, the holiday magic, right? Like working in their favor or something crazy. But it absolutely has they have to do their best to sustain, as you say, Darren Waller. Uh, did we get also the nitty gritty on what an IT band is? <laughs> like, yes, do we I know got what that means. Yeah, I actually, you know what, we uh, Clay, shout out to Clay Baker. He had a doctor on, a local doctor uh, on yesterday on the morning tailgate. And, Damon, get that sound bite real quick. Here is the update on what exactly the injury is and how long that uh, the Raiders could probably expect to see Darren Waller out. The rehabilitation is going to be a lot of massage, a lot of deep tissue work. The impact is going to create a lot of inflammation. So there's a lot of swelling control that he's going to be working on, a lot of massage work, and then that repetitious flexion and extension, which a bike is perfect for. A bike, a rower, doing some squats and just pushing that fluid out so this tissue will stop being so irritated. I would sure expect him to be back within a few weeks. This is not typically one that lingers long. Uh, Maybe not this coming week, but within two to three, I sure hope we'll see him back on the field. So there you go. That's an update on the IT band injury, which I had never heard of until Darren Waller had it. 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. They're saying it like, oh, my God, it's great. It's an IT man. Like, okay, explain. Like, what does that mean, though? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so, okay, so he's out this game. Do you absolutely not need him back for the Chiefs game? Like, so you're, as they say, they're massaging it. They're massaging the heck out of that knee to make sure he's back, um, again, looking down the road. But, yeah, for, for this game coming up again at home, and the Raiders have been hit or miss at home. Right. I think you guys were talking about that a little bit um, earlier on the show. Um, so I think, yeah, they absolutely need to do whatever it takes to get this win and, and again, to, to make it a winning streak now as opposed to just getting one and done. And then, again, we're back in the same position as we were last week. Like, oh, like, is this it? Is this the one that, that knocks them off? Right, exactly. And Cassie, I'm glad you brought up the, you know, playing at home and, and needing to win at home because, yeah, that was something I was stressing earlier. They've got to show some dominance at home. Let teams know that, hey, it's not going to be an easy game. You come to Allegiant Stadium because uh, we have a record. We've established a record where we're going to win more games than we're going to lose at home. And right now, that's not it. What do you think is the biggest disconnect on why they're not winning more games at home? I, I, that's a great question. I have no idea because I get So I get to go down to the field as the players are running out, luckily, doing their warm-ups and stuff, and I get to see the crowd, and, like, the black hole is there, right? And obviously it's not the Oakland black hole. We know that we've established right. that, but there are loyal fans there every day. I see a lot of the same people every Sunday. So it's like I don't, I don't know what the disconnect is. I just, I mean, they've obviously had, again, the turmoil off the field that has, that has maybe bled over into the home field advantage, but... For a majority of the games, I would say it's it's been mostly Raiders fans. For the Bengals game, it was all Raiders. There was like just speckles of orange. But there's obviously the Chiefs game. There was at the very end of that one, it was mostly red in the stands. So I don't I don't know what it is. But I feel like the home field advantage is there when I'm on when I'm down on the field pregame. Right, and, and that's what I was saying earlier in the show. I said, look, Raider Nation is loud. They're proud. When the team is warming up, they're yelling and screaming. When the other team is coming on the field, they're booing. I mean, they're doing their job, but the team needs to do their job and start winning more consistently at home to give the fans uh, something to be excited about and a reason not to sell their tickets and say, oh, no, I'm going to the game on Sunday because I know this is going to be a dub. I get to see my favorite team. They've got to they've start doing that. Exactly, and give the fans a reason to, to understand why they're paying the prices that they are. Right. There, right to justify the price tag on some of those tickets. Right, exactly. No doubt about it. We're talking with Cassie Soto right now from the Las Vegas Review Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And Cassie, before we get out of here, uh, I threw the question out there uh, to Raider Nation about this game. After seeing what Washington did to Seattle Monday Night Football, they are now winners of three straight. What do you think, if you're the Raiders, should be your biggest concern going into this game on Sunday? I mean, I said it earlier, I think it starts with them. I think that they can't let the opponent be bigger than, than themselves. They have to start with them. They have to minimize the penalties, first of all. How about that? Was it like 28 in total? Oh, uh, 28 the, total. That was yeah, ridiculous. 28 yep. total? Like, minimize the, the silly penalties um, and, and capitalize, obviously, on, on the teams. I mean, throw Deshaun Jackson out there and get him, get, let him get some more P.I. calls when they're, <laughs> when they're needed and, and to right. get some first downs. So yeah, I think I think it definitely all starts with them and not just and not getting ahead of themselves, right? I think you said that too. Like just take game, take each game for what it is. Don't get too far ahead. The AFC is going to shake out the way it does, and all that they can do is win win on Sunday. 
Right, and they've got to win on Sunday, and they've got to continue to win. They've got a handful of games guaranteed left, and uh, if they want anything more, they've got to win a bunch of games and, and see how it all shakes out towards the end of the season. But it's all right there for them for the taking. they just got to go and get it done. Well, Cassie, great stuff as always. I know I'll see you in the press box on, uh, on Sunday, but uh, what you got coming out in the Review Journal that, uh, that everyone should be on the lookout for? Yeah, we're, we're working on it now, editing it up, uh, our Vegas Nation Blitz. It'll drop tomorrow, Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. You can catch that at VegasNation.com, or we also have the free Vegas Nation app that you can download in that store. Nice, nice. How's Corgi Dash going, by the way, the game? Corgi's good. He's doing good. We're working on some, uh, some holiday packages right now, so we'll see oh. if we can get that out in time before, before, before we miss Christmas. Right, right. Well, yeah. you guys got it all going on, man. You guys are a one-stop shop. You're planning weddings. You're, you're working the Raiders <laughs> beat. You're working on the video games. You got it going on, Cassie. We're trying, man. We're trying our best. <laughs> well, keep up the good work. We definitely appreciate you. Like I said, I'll see you in the press box on Sunday, and thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Sounds good. Thanks. Absolutely. There she goes. Cassie Soto got a lot going on in that household, but I'm not mad. That's what you got to do, man. You got to be a Jamaican mind. You know, you got to have a job at the liquor store. Then you got to work at the Review Journal mind. Then you got to cover the Raider game mind. Then you got to develop your video game mind. You got to get it all going on, mind. You know what I'm saying, Damon? <laughs> oh, man. I had to get on the mic for that one. You, you're hilarious. Hey, man. You know, it's just what it is, man. You know, you got you to gotta carry and wear many hats. That's how you survive in this cold world. you got to have many hats. So uh, that was Cassie Soto. You can follow her on Twitter, at underscore Cassie Soto. Joins us each and every week. Definitely appreciate her time. 2.45 is the time. We're live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Want to hear from you, Raider Nation, as we close out our number one. What is your biggest concern for the Raiders on Sunday? They're taking on the Washington football team. Winners of three straight. Not really talking about the game in itself, just what is your biggest concern heading into the game when it comes to the silver and black. Let us know about it. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Just got about 10 minutes left in hour number one of the show, and then we'll kick into hour number two. We'll talk to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, talk all things NFL. Got some good text messages on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 that I want to get to. Keyword R&R. Uh, talking about biggest concern, Raider Fish in Berkeley said to oversimplify, but it's the truth. The key to winning this upcoming game and the rest of our upcoming games is to win on third and fourth down on both sides of the ball. And that is keeping it as simple as possible, but sometimes you got to use the KISS method, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Simple as that. That's what it is. And you're right. Third down and fourth down has got to be better for the Raiders. And even in a victory against the Cowboys on Thursday, third down still wasn't that great. So they've definitely got to improve in that. One more text from a Raider mailman, Tony. We got so many postal workers and delivery guys that listen to the show. I love it, man. We're going to throw a party for everyone who's a delivery guy or delivery woman uh, out there. We're going to just throw one big party and just show up in your uniform. That'd be cool. I'll even pull out my old FedEx uniform out the closet, and I'll, I'll wear that myself. <laughs> but uh, Raider mailman Tony said, my biggest concern is Waller not being in the lineup. And I do think that that's going to be a big concern as well. I think that's something that uh, you know the, the Raiders are going to have to make up for. Obviously, they were able to do it for the majority of the game on Thursday against the Cowboys. But this time, they're going into the game without Waller, and teams are going to be able to key in on that. So how is Washington going to adjust their defense knowing 83 is not out there? Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line real quick. Got a couple calls I'd like to get in. Mitch in New Jersey, what's on your mind, my man? Hey, Sue. How you doing? Happy holidays again. You too, brother. Hey, you can have this uh, FedEx uniform I'm wearing. It's, it's tiring. Anyway, 
uh, kind of speed uh, we're going against. I hope our line is up for it, especially Mr. Mr. Farrell. And uh, this quarterback, I mean, he's, about, he's a little taller than Murray. Drew Brees wasn't given much of a chance. They might have found themselves a gem, so I hope Edwards and uh, most of them don't make uh, Derek Carr look bad. Right. Anyway, I hope the line shows up. So Solomon Thomas, I, I follow his career. Um, he's been doing pretty well. I just wish Farrell will pick it up. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And, yeah, man, the, the lines are going to be key, both lines, offensively and defensively. The defensive line's got to slow down the run, and the offensive line's going to have to give Derek Carr some, uh, some time because, man, that front four can definitely get after it. And, of course, Jack Del Rio is the man who's, who's uh, guiding the defense for the, the Washington football team. Obviously, Derek Carr is very familiar with him uh, for multiple reasons. So uh, we'd love to see Derek Carr go out there with, like I said, a little edge to him. On uh, on Sunday, let's go out to Shields up in Connecticut. What's on your mind, Shields? Welcome to the show. Chilling, Q. Chilling. I'll be I'll be honest with you, man. I'm up here in Connecticut. I'm on my patio. There's snow falling, and I'm barbecuing. <laughs> and this is how we roll, bro. I love it. I love it. <laughs> right. I'll be quick, man. My my biggest concern is um is uh, our passing game. There's no doubt. I think personally, we got to be sixty forty, maybe seven thirty passing to win this game. You're right. The defensive front is good. Correct me if I'm wrong. We know that Young is out, but is Montez sweat hurt? He is right now, but there's a possibility that he could be activated for uh, this game against the Raiders. Okay. All right. So, number one, I don't think we can run. Those two DTs interior are legit. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a first-round, maybe, defensive line. So, right. again, I'll reiterate, we talked before earlier in the week, Carr, be aggressive. Get Jackson down the field and just hoist the ball, man. And that's it, man. You have a good night, Duke. Hey, thank you, man. Enjoy your barbecue. I appreciate you. Shields up right there in Connecticut getting his barbecue on while it's snowing. That's right there. That's some some pride right there. Uh, I think everyone in the state of Texas would be very proud of you right now for holding it down like that. One more quick call. We'll take a break. ABA Ivan Davis in the 510. What's up, my man? How you doing? Hey, how's it going, Q? Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Um, What it... Basically, uh, I, I, I disagree a little bit with the previous caller. Okay. Uh, I watched the game. I think we can run the ball. Now, can we run it consistently? No. Okay. But I think we're going to, when we do run, we're going to have to be successful with the run, and I think we can be. And if we can, that sets up the pass. This is going to sound funny, but I think we need to keep that defense on the field because what scares me about Washington is they got a big offensive line, and they like to just come straight down to you and yep. pound on you. Kind of remind me of the old Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I I don't see our defensive line uh, holding up o- over a full game. That that's what beat Seattle. Seattle was able to uh, hold on for the most part, but at the end of the game, you can just see they were dog tired. They just ran it down their throats. So uh, we need to stay on the field at least, give our defense a rest, move the ball and score, whether run or pass. But I think we can do both of them. But that's the key, is to stay on, keep that defense on the field so the offensive line can't just beat us up. Thanks All for right. taking my call, my man. Absolutely. <clears throat> Thank you so much for the call. I do appreciate you, my man. And I think that that's what our guy was saying. I think that's what Shields Up was saying was, uh, yeah, he, he doesn't think they're going to be able to run the ball consistently. Uh, I think that that was the key right there. So you know, you, you're you're right, and those those guys on that defensive front for the the Washington Football Team, man, they are no joke. You know, I mean, they aren't. They have a bunch of first rounders that are going to, you know, they're going to slow down the run for the Raiders. And uh, on the opposite side, like you mentioned, 
they're going to want to run the hell out of the ball and run the hell out of the ball and run the hell out of the ball some more. So, yeah, man, they got some dogs uh, coming to town that are going to really try to get after it. So it should be interesting. 2.55 is the time. We'll come back, kick off hour number two. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.